When the sun rises, I wake up and chase my dreams. I won't regret when the sun sets, cause I live my life like I'm a beast. What up? You're listening to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. Hey everyone, I'm your host today of the TLP Podcast. I'm Justin Short, and I've got something a little different and special for you today. So, several years ago, I, along with G-Unit Hariri of the Shared Practices Podcast, did a mini-series together. And in this mini-series, we went through and touched on many of the areas you need to focus on to have an uncommonly successful dental practice and we put a lot of work into it at the time and as a result this mini series kind of blew up as far as dental podcasts go and ended up helping a lot of docs in fact i still get emails today a couple years later mentioning this mini series we did fast forward a bit and shared practices started venturing into the coaching arena and they removed it from their site. And being completely honest, it was probably a smart move. So no hard feelings, but I'm resurrecting this series because I think it needs to be heard. And yes, I'm completely biased, but I really think it's podcast gold. So there's going to be nine to 10 episodes being released over the next week or so. And then Derek will pick it up on our normal schedule. I do want to preface this with the following, and that is this was released, I believe, right after Derek had joined TLP and before Steve had joined. But as you listen and as you hear my voice, know that it could be either one of them speaking. We are kindred souls, so to speak, when it comes to growing your dental practice and life. And I'm grateful I get to jump in the ring and do battle with these two guys every single day. They're good guys. For those of you looking to grow your practice in life, we want you to know that's what we do. That's what we work with doctors to do either via our online course, TLP Academy 2.0, um, that was recently redone, or one-on-one coaching. So if you're interested, reach out to us at Justin, Derek, or Steve at thelifestylepractice.com and I hope you enjoy this mini-series. I really think you will. And without any further ado, let's jump right into it. I hope you guys enjoy it. And so I guess this is kind of a great way for me to introduce Justin Short. You've already listened to him last Friday. Um, if you did listen to the interview with Richard. And so Richard and I, we were going back and listening to Justin's interview with Richard. And we felt like there were so many topics in that interview that just required more time. You know, it would be a question, like a really loaded question, you know, you only got 50 minutes to talk about everything. So that's where we really felt like it would be good if we could kind of get multiple episodes with Justin and talk about things in depth and really provide a lot of value for you guys who might be a little bit closer to practice ownership than somebody else and need some more relevant content now. And so I think that's why we decided to do this mini season because we could really get across a lot of points over the course of 10 or so episodes as opposed to trying to get a lot of good quality content in one hour. And so before I introduce Justin, I just want to say, Justin is the consultant that I have selected. You know, I felt like 
his philosophy really aligned with what I want for myself as a dentist. And, you know, we'll talk about that more as we go through. I explained it in the intro of last episode. And so I really think that he's a great guy to listen to. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this for both myself and for you guys, because it'll be a great learning experience for both of us. Without any further ado, I think that's the longest I've ever talked without introducing my guest. Here's Justin Short. Hi, George. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. No problem, Justin. And for our listeners who may not have caught the last episode, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, well, I'm a dentist by trade still, uh, as of today. And, you know, how far do you want me to go back? You just want me to kind of tell you where I'm at now or... Yeah, just talk about your, um, you know, your practices, kind of a, a brief intro for your practices, your philosophy, and um, what you're doing in the future. Sure. So um, I graduated 2005, um, and I had, I work, I started off working as an associate, um, like most dentists do, and just found out pretty quickly after that, you know, I thought it was going to be a match made in heaven. I was pumped. Um, I was really excited to get my career going, and about a couple months into that, I realized it wasn't going to be a match made in heaven. Um, not blaming it on the doctor I worked for, not blaming it on myself, it just wasn't the best fit. And, you know, so we we ended that associateship, and so I had to find a job. I had a new house, I had a new wife, um, but... As some of the dentists listening, uh, if you haven't ran into it yet, hopefully you don't too much in the future. But I had a nice little thing called a non-compete where I couldn't work within 10 miles of that office, uh, which was in my hometown um, for a year or two. I forget how long it was. Um, not sure how much weight it would have hold held looking back, but I know his pockets were much deeper than mine at the time. So, um, not wanting to lock myself into another associateship, uh, and then possibly be 10 to 20 miles outside of where I really wanted to end up being, I ended up taking a job, um, an hour and a half away. So I, I drove there hour and a half each way, three days a week. Um, and some, some weeks four and, after doing that for probably about six months, I found a practice I was going to purchase right outside my not-compete. Um, when I purchased, it was doing about 600000 on four and a half days a week. Um, so pretty average for the time. And um, got in there. And, you know, within the first couple of years, I hired a coach. And we ended up taking that practice over the next few years from six hundred on four and a half days a week to well over a million on three days and we did it without increasing our team size. I only had three team members and only had three ups. So from that point, after a few years, I started getting antsy as I do sometimes. And, uh, I purchased another practice, which was about 40 minutes away. Um, my first practice I purchased was kind of in a, a rural community, probably about 45 minutes outside of St. Louis. And the second per practice I purchased um, was much closer to the heart of St. Louis. It was in a much more affluent area, completely different demographics, um, and much more PPO driven. And 
you know, my kind of goal at that point was I was going to throw some associates in there, not even think about it. And I was just going to print money and it just didn't work out like that. I, I've learned a lot, you know, in the last, uh, eight to 10 years from when that was. So that practice started going downhill a bit. So I started working both practices and went from three days a week to a solid long five days a week. And I'm just not built for that, uh, mentally at least. And I ended up selling my first practice. We had built considerable equity in and just kind of went into that second practice saying, hey, if it's going to go down, it's going to go down with me at the helm. And when I took over that second practice, um, which is where I'm at still today, uh, it was doing, it did 425000 on four days a week. And that was 2010. And I jumped in there. We dropped a day a week. Um, I took four or five weeks off that first year. And we jumped to over 700000 I had a lot of, um, I guess, crowd control issues at that moment with patients, um, with the team. But just kind of worked our way back. That was 2011. And... You know, today, I still, when I started, we had three team members. Now we have five, uh, went from three ops to five ops. And now we do, um, this year we'll probably do almost 1.7 on our collectible fees. That is our PPO fees. We're still fairly PPO driven. Um, so that's not our UCR fees. I don't like to have the UCR fees in the, in the computer. Um, so, and we'll do that and I'll probably take, I still only work three days a week and I'll probably take a good 10 to 12 weeks off this year. And we're just, uh, a touch below 50% overhead. So that's where we're at today. And, uh, I also do some real estate investing and I do coaching now, which has kind of become my passion, um, over the past year or so, a little bit over a year. So that's where I'm at in a long nutshell. Well, that was fantastic. And for our listeners who, if they haven't caught the theme yet, uh, Justin doesn't like working more than three days a week. <laughs> and no. that's kind of the concept. So why don't you go ahead and introduce that three days a week lifestyle practice concept that you like to work by and live by? Sure. So it's kind of, you know, I just, there's a lot of things that go into it. And I never really liked the the philosophy of, you know, bust your butt hard for 30, 40 years, and then hopefully by, you know, as you approach 60 or above, then you can finally take some time off and, uh, you know, do some of the things you really want to do with your life. Um, to me, that was just way too long to wait. I didn't want to start to really have the lifestyle I wanted when I was in my golden years, even though we know that 60 is the, the new 40. Um so I first, you know, when I when I began, I just decided really what I wanted my life to look like. Then I worked backwards to design the practice um, around the life that I wanted, not the other way around. And that's kind of where the lifestyle practice name came from. You know, I had a it kind of incorporates taking extended time off and but still and enjoying your financial freedom you know i don't think it has to be one or the others uh, one or the other i think i talked to a lot of dentists that 
you know, they, they feel like they can either take more time off or they can have a really great income. And, you know, I try to really focus on both of those and let them know, like you can have both. So, you know, I had a vision set and it was crystal clear in my mind. And you know, to me, and feel free to jump in if I if I start rambling, but I'll kind of give you a little bit more of what I feel goes into it. No, this is um, great. So to me, in my kind of core, I, I feel success is rarely, you know, just a matter of ability. I think it's more has more to do with someone's motivation. If the proper amount of motivation's there, you know, I think the ability will follow. And I also think, or I know, to me, you have to have a vision and you have to have goals that are so worthwhile that the work it takes to achieve them becomes irrelevant. You, know, you have to crave those results so much. Like if you go into it saying, man, if I bust my butt for five years and if I do the right things along the way, I may make an extra 50 grand a year or I may get another week of vacation. You know, to me, there's no incentive there. You know, that that doesn't get me out of bed. That doesn't fire me up. That doesn't excite me. And unfortunately, I think that's where most of the world's working population is at. And as dentists, you know, I think we're blessed with a profession where the rewards can be exponential. You know, if I can have a practice that makes me a million dollars on three days a week and 10 weeks off, now I'm starting to get excited. You know, if that's possible, I don't really care what kind of, have, of work I have to do for a few years to get there because the payoff is so worth it. So, Absolutely. And so you've almost created this and you, I'm recommending, or I'm guessing that your clients, they do the same thing where they kind of paint their perfect picture and then you reverse engineer the practice systems and whatever it needs to happen to allow them to have that. Yep. A hundred percent. You know, I always, we always begin with the end in mind. You know, I want to know, you know, I'm going to push them to find out what they really want their life to look like, what kind of you know, money do they want to be making? What do they want to be doing with their family? How much time do they want off? What do they want to drive? Where do they want to live? Like, I want them to get so darn crystal clear in their mind that we know exactly where we're heading. Because when you know where you're heading, you know, you can take the proper steps to get there. And so then how do you feel about those things like, um, you know, they tell you to work extended hours or Saturdays or, you know, to grow the practice, you know, that's almost become kind of just the commonplace advice is you have to do evenings and, you know, what if I don't want to do those things or, you know, that doesn't fit it with my crystal clear picture of what I want. How do you approach that? Um, pretty simply, I would say then, then don't do it. I mean, if, if you like working extended hours, you know, and let me kind of slow it down a bit, you know, like first off, if you don't like working extended hours, it's definitely not going to be part of the long-term vision. That being said, I'm all for doing whatever you have to do along the way to get to that end vision. You know, when I, when I started out, you know, I, I knew I wanted patients that loved me. I wanted to take really good care of them. I wanted to make a really good income and I wanted to accomplish it all in the least amount of time at the office, because I knew if I could accomplish that, I could spend more time doing the things I love with the people I love. And of course, I had a lot of naysayers along the way saying, you know, you can't design a practice that way. You have to be in the office more than that. Oh, my God, what if someone calls you and you're not there? Um, you know, 
to hit the kind of numbers you want to do, you're going to have such a huge team. Your your overhead's going to be sky high. And I was like, nope, I'm still going to do it. And I was I was actually meeting with a, a good friend of mine. You know, it's probably been a few years, but we kind of get together and we kind of discuss our plans for the year, our goals for the year to kind of keep each other accountable. And he asked me mine and I said, you know, this year I want to take an additional four weeks off. And I was already taking a good amount of time off. And I wanted to increase my net income by over 150000 And he looked at me and, you know, he repeat, actually repeated what I said, like I had misspoke. And, you know, I was like, you heard me correctly. That's my plan. And it happened. But I think we allow ourselves and others and society to limit our ideas of what we think is possible. And I think it's often to our detriment. So, you know, as a whole, you know, I, I know because I've done it that you don't have in order to have a very successful practice, you don't have to have a practice that, you know, where you have extended hours if you don't like working extended, extended hours. You know, you don't have to work Saturdays if you don't like working Saturdays. Um, if you like that stuff, more power to you, do it. But if that doesn't fit what you really want your life to look like, then I'd say, you know, don't make it, don't make it a part of your long-term vision. I think that's just so refreshing. And, you know, it really resonates with me personally. Um, and you know, something else I wanted to talk to you about was kind of this decision you talked about hiring a coach and I've kind of, um, decided to do it also. Um, but it's something that, you know, I I get asked a lot, you know, how do you, are you going to get a coach, you know? you know, who, why. And so can you kind of talk about, um, just from an objective view, you know, assuming you were never a coach, uh, would you talk about that decision and that process? Sure. And, you know, I'd say for definitely the majority of my career, I was not a coach, but I was still very pro coach. Um, you know, I have friends from dental school and things that, you know, see the, the growth that I had in my practice and just see how, um, you know, definitely not thinking I'm better than them, but they saw a difference between my life and their life. And we were both in the same profession. Um, and I would always tell them, you know, find a good coach, find someone to keep you accountable that can help you find someone who has done what you want to do, who's accomplished what you want to accomplish. Um, and figure out what they do and then do the same thing. I mean, I think that's the simplest way to do something. You may have to pay them, but to me, that money's more than worth it. Um, but going back to kind of my process, you know, I was, you know, kind of a, a self-improvement junkie. Um, and I had learned, even young in my practice, even probably starting out in dental school, like I knew the best players in any profession, sports, whatever, have a coach. You know, I was... Uh, just recently read the book Relentless, written by Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Dwayne Wade's uh, coach. Um, you know, like, if those kind of dudes need a coach, and they're the best, like, I, I'm not the best at dentistry. I needed a coach. Um, and I think if you ask any high-level players in our profession or any others, they're all going to tell you the same thing, that a good coach is going to increase your success. And, and I think that your level of success rarely exceeds your level of self-improvement. Yeah, you may be able to save a few bucks on the front end, but what's that really costing, costing you in the long run? My answer would be way more than you would invest in a, a coach. In my experience, um, 
um, you know, I just like some of my least successful clients are the ones who come to me saying, you know, I've had two to three other coaches and just really not much has changed, you know? And I think when you get to practice and I'm sure that other dentists that are, are in practice, um, you know, sometimes we'll get those patients. Like I have a patient that's like, man, I've been to three or four dentists and they just can't get my smile right or they just can't get this tooth right. And, you know, I start to think in my back of my head like, bro, it's not the coaching that isn't working. It's you that's not putting in the work. Um, the same thing with the, the patients. You know, when I signed up for a coach, I couldn't afford um, 11 years ago. I was scared. Um, I was nervous. Um you know, I think it was like $50,000 for the year. I didn't have $50,000. Um, I often tell people the story, just the, uh, you know, I purchased my practice in the spring that Halloween before, um, you know, right after I, I graduated and everything, the Halloween before my wife and I went to the pumpkin patch literally just to window shop. We couldn't even afford a pumpkin at the time. So we always look back at that story to kind of keep us in check. But, you know, I didn't have the money. I was scared just like any other dentist is at that point you're starting out. Um, but what pushed me and scared me even more than losing $50,000 was waiting to learn how to build a really successful practice and life until later, much later on in life. And then finally bucking up and doing it and succeeding at it. And then looking back on all that wasted time, and wondering how different my life could have been if I hadn't waited. And I'm thankful every day I didn't wait. So that's kind of my feelings on it. And then if you don't mind, Justin, I'm going to kind of step in and talk about mine because, um, you know, it is part of my process and, you know, I do share openly with my listeners. And so for me, um, you know, I, I didn't doubt that I could be successful without help or, you know, without somebody there. But I just felt I could be more successful faster um, when I had somebody to hold me accountable and to help me see the bigger picture, who's not in the practice, you know, when you're kind of in the weeds, it's harder to, and that's kind of something that Dr. Derek Williams was talking to me about was it's harder to really understand, um, the small things you get caught up in the small things and you don't think of the bigger picture. And so for me, I felt like I needed somebody to help me see the bigger picture, but then there's a component to why I selected Justin that I think I should also talk about is because a few things. One, um, the level of production, hourly production he achieved um, is not common, but it's something that I had independently of talking to Justin or anybody had wanted for myself because of my desire to not be at the office for an extended period of time. You know, I just, I'm a little bit of an antsy guy and I felt like I, I, I wouldn't be happy just being a regular dentist and I needed to maybe do my dentistry quicker and more efficiently and then have more time to do other things as opposed to, um, I guess, maybe your typical client who would want to be more, um, you know, relaxing in that off time. I think I just want to be doing something else, whatever that may be. And so I think for those reasons, I, I really felt that it was a good fit. And the fact that, um, you know, you're, you're adaptable to what I want versus what you did or what your philosophy is um, was also important to me. So I think those were the reasons why I decided to do it. And it's a personal decision, but I felt like I really needed somebody to hold me in check and also hold me accountable for 
um, the amount of time I spend on things, you know, I have a, I have a tendency to, you know, get overworked a little bit or overwork myself. And so I think to have somebody hold me back in some ways might be good. Yep. I think one thing that you, you know, kind of briefly touched on when you were starting out there is that the clients I work with or the clients that come to me, um, are not, you know, they're not usually the ones that are like, Oh my gosh, my practice sucks. My practice is horrible. I'm, you know, I'm barely making payroll, you know, sometimes they are, but just like you, it's the ones that, you know, and just like myself or Derek or whoever, you know, I think it's the ones that already had that motivation. Like, Hey, I'm doing okay. I would probably do okay on my own, but I'm not looking to just do okay. I'm looking to go above and beyond all that. Exactly. And you know, um, I've taken your online course and you talk about something on like narrowing your focus and um, cutting out all of the, you know, extra stuff. So can you go ahead and talk about that concept a bit? Sure. Um, I learned early on, um, you know, in doing my own, you know, self-improvement reading, doing my thing um, and in practice that big success comes when you do a few key things very well instead of dabbling in this, wasting time and money on that, and then in the end, accomplishing nothing. You know, extraordinary results are, to me, directly related to how narrow you can make your focus. There are not an unlimited uh, amount of things of equal importance. You know, there are always a few things that are most important. And I know, and I've seen, and I've learned that high achievers work from a very clear sense of priority. You know, the the difference between being very successful or not is not is being able to distinguish those things and resist the draw to spend time on things that aren't going to have the biggest impact on your success. You know, I see, I talk to doctors all the time. You know, doctors, people, they like to schedule meetings. They like to schedule meetings to discuss what to discuss at the meetings. Um, you know, they like to tiptoe around everything that is really going to move the needle. Because a lot of times the things that really... Um, are going to move the needle, don't necessarily, you know, they're not necessarily hard, but they can definitely take some work. And sometimes they're the things that are less fun to work on. So people, doctors, you know, they'll avoid them most all their career, um, making, keeping themselves a little bit more comfortable, um, but in the end, not really, you know, getting the results and not really taking action. Because at the end of the day, action is the only thing that counts. I'll give you an example. Um, I have a survey on my website where doctors who are interested in working together can send me some general info, and I can provide a little feedback and you know maybe see if we're a good fit, um, see if I can help or not. And in this survey, they can kind of tell me about new patient flow, how long they've been in practice, you know, how good they feel their team is, production, et cetera, et cetera. Then towards the end, I have a question basically asking what is their biggest obstacle to hitting their goals? And every week without fail, I'll have a doctor, you know, that'll go through the survey and, um, you know, will say that their team doesn't listen to them. Their production is low. They're not getting any new patients. Um, and then when they list their biggest obstacle, they'll say that it's because they don't place implants or something totally 
unrelated, you know, in my mind and from my experience of what's really going to create success for them. And I'm like, what? You know, that's obviously not the most valuable pressing issue holding your, your practice back. Um, but that's what I find is the case with most dentists. It's easy. It's easy to go take a class on implants. You know, I can get on a plane, go sit in a class for a weekend, and it doesn't really push me out of my comfort zone. But yet, in the back of my mind, I feel like I'm doing something. Um, but it can be hard to be a strong leader for your team. It's hard um, to sit down with a team member and say, you know what? We really need to improve in this area. I think, you know, you're you're very important to our team. I'm glad that you you work in our office. I think you're great, but we need to work on this or we need to work on that. Those are awkward conversations. To me, much harder than going and sitting in the class in my own little bubble. Um, it's hard to be honest with patients and tell them what they really, you know, that they really need um, a lot of dentistry and to be able to convert on that. It's hard to work on yourself. So in still wanting to do something, or just anything, they go for the path of least resistance. And that has no real long-term effect on their life or career or bottom line. And in working with clients, I help them decide what those most important factors are for them. And we focus hard on them. You know, I help them block out and properly prioritize the things that really matter, um, that are really going to move the needle and push them towards that end vision um, that we've set, they've set. Uh, for their life. And you're right. I have zero agenda. I don't expect every client of mine to want a life or a practice that looks like Justin Shorts. Um, you know, I think that would be really boring. Um, but I think that even if we don't have a practice that looks exactly the same or life that looks exactly the same, um, that a lot of the principles apply across the board. So certainly. And you go back to that survey um, when you're looking at that survey, who is the ideal client for the lifestyle practice? Sure. Um, an ideal client of mine is someone who first is motivated, who is willing to be challenged and willing to make improvements on themselves and their practice in order to achieve the lofty vision they have for their life. Although there's no certain age or criteria you know, I would always suggest the the sooner you start, the longer you're going to re reap the rewards. Go, kind of going back to my biggest fear that I mentioned earlier. You know, I didn't want to wait till I was, you know, 35 or 40, even though I have clients that are that age. You know, I think a lot of times they realize as well, like, man, if I would have kind of got on this path five, 10 years ago, who knows where I could have been today? Um, you know, but I think the number one thing is, I want someone that's motivated. I, you know, I don't want um, a whiner or victim, um, you know, that is going to push the blame. I want someone that's willing, even if they're not there today, are willing to say, you know what, the buck stops with me. I'm in charge of my life. I'm in charge of my practice, and and I want to grow it. And I'm willing to do what it takes to get there because I'm gonna I'm gonna push you. I'm gonna hold you accountable because I have zero interest in um, failure. We're not achieving the goals that we set. You know, I don't, thankfully, um, you know, I'm blessed that I don't have to take on every client. You know, it's, it's, uh, even if when I sell my practice here, you know, possibly soon, 
I'm not in a position where I have to take every client. You know, if I don't want to work with someone or I feel like, hey, you may not be the right fit or, um, you know, if I just don't think their their mindset is right to begin to begin the process, I don't have to do it. I'm glad I don't. Um, so, but motivation, I'd say, is the number one. And then we talk so much about average, you know, you know, we talk about better than average. Your lifestyle is better than the average dentist. Uh, let's paint a picture of what is average so our listeners can kind of have a good idea of where we're coming from. Sure. I think, uh, you know, just kind of going by statistics, you know, I've read not too long ago that 96% of dentists can't afford to retire at age 65, you know, unless they're really willing to scrimp. Um, and that's not me. You know, I don't want, at the end of the day, I don't want to retire, you know, whether I do it at age 38 or 65 or what. Um I don't want to have to do it and then, you know, totally change my lifestyle. That's, I don't, I don't want to have to save my way to growth. I want to grow. I want to make the right choices along the way. So I don't have to do that. Um, average dentist works one and a half to five days a week. They make around $150,000 net a year. Um, you know, and for me, that wasn't my goal. I'm not saying any, there's anything wrong with that. You know, there's some dentists that are making that, doing that, or loving life, you know, more power to them. That just wasn't for me. I wanted more and I didn't want to wait until I was in my golden years to get it. So, you know, Tony Dungy has a quote that I love. Um, Success is uncommon, therefore not to be enjoyed by the common man. You have to decide you don't want the results everyone else gets. You know, if you do what everyone else does, you're going to get the same results everyone else gets. Um, I love that. That's awesome. It was, you know, I don't want to take credit. I mean, Tony Dungy said it, but Bruce Baird of the Productive Productive Dentist Academy introduced that quote to me, and it stuck with me ever since. But, you know, you got to think, do you just want to do your job and be like everyone else? Do you want to work the same amount, make the same amount? Um, Do you not see the value in coaching or the value in working with someone who's already been there and done that and succeeded at it? You know, then I would say coaching is, is probably not for you or at least working with me is probably not for you. Um, and I don't mean it offensively, but with that mindset, I'd rather you just save your money. You know, it's, I I want to work with people who want to go above the average in dentistry, not, you know, shooting bullets at that average, but I don't want that for my life. And I want to work with doctors who don't want that for their lives either. So. I think that's a perfect note to end on as we finish our first episode of the mini series, just really painting the picture um, for what's to come and the content that we're going to hit pretty hard. I uh, appreciate you willing to do this, Justin, and we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Thanks. Thanks.